Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week we have How to Be Broke in New York. I'm sure if any of you are in New York, you've probably seen her Instagram. She shares a bunch of cool things to do in New York on a budget. Um, And she's also a law student. So we're really excited that we were able to chat with her. And yeah, let's get into it. Please help me welcome our guest, Ms. Julianne Simpson. Hi. So, hi. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Julian. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to connect with other law students, especially women who are doing something cool outside of law school. So I'm actually originally from Florida. I went to Florida State University. Um, I went there for undergrad. I also got my master's there during my fourth year, and I was incredibly entrenched in the political scene in Florida. Um, And I was hoping that I could do that, what I loved, um, in New York. So I actually got a job offer to work um, on Clinton's presidential campaign at the Brooklyn headquarters. And then when I got here, um, the team that I was supposed to join, um, their funding fell through. So I moved here, found that out, um, was really sad. And uh, well, for, for many reasons, um, uh, I had saved up a ton of money to move to New York. I worked throughout undergrad, all throughout grad school. I was like ready for my life in New York, just had to get a job offer. And then when I didn't have that, um, I volunteered I worked part-time and I tempt all around trying to make it work. And then when she lost the race, it was me against so many political operatives in New York. It was so daunting. So I had just been here about two months um, and I was starting to feel really down. I wasn't able to do what I wanted here. I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I was running out of money and it was awful. Mm-hmm. So... What did I do? I made it my mission to find all the things I could do in New York without having money so I could enjoy my new life here. So made it my mission. I found where I could eat for free or for like under five bucks, how I could work out, what I could do in my spare time. And I kind of made like a little lifestyle out of it. Um, and whenever my friends wanted to hang out, I'd be like, great, well, here are the events happening tonight. If you want to meet me there, it's going to be $3. Um, and I eventually got a full-time job. And it, I, I decided that while I was there, I would continue to live this way to make up all the savings I had lost by moving here and, and losing my job offer. And I would also start studying for the LSAT because I 
for a really long time, knew I wanted to go to law school, but I didn't know when. And I was trying to find every reason to not go, to be Mm. quite honest with you. The LSAT was awful. Um, I had an awful experience and maybe we're going to get back into that. But um, actually through my job, which was totally out of what I was expecting to do in New York, I actually made an incredible network. I met an attorney who volunteered at Uh, I also helped run a homeless shelter as a part of my job, one of the many random parts of it. And he was a volunteer for that. And he was like the nicest, most angelic human I've ever met. And I was like, well, if you're a lawyer and you're happy and you're also helping the community, I can do that too. And um, so I, first of all, like in this job, my friends convinced me to, and my coworkers convinced me to write down all the fun free things I was doing in the city. I created a blog called How to Be Broke in New York. And then I also, on the side of that, was preparing to go to law school and make a career change. And so when I finally committed to going to law school, I announced that I was going to be a whole lot more broke because I was leaving this income that I had finally relied on to go be dependent on some government money, all the loans. Um, But it's been great. And um, my community has pivoted. Now I have a lot of people who are in school or interested in law school. And then obviously the pandemic has changed that again. So I'm a pivoter and I am like you, someone who has created a side hustle outside of law school because apparently law school is just not enough work for us, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So where do you go to law school? So I go to Cardozo, um, which is in like the Union Square, Greenwich Village area of New York prior to... um, last March. And since then, Cardozo is on my kitchen table, (laughs) 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 which is in Brooklyn. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. How far is that a commute or and how do you get there? I just had a curiosity, New York things, right? Yeah. New York things. So I live um, three blocks from the L train and I take that about 15 minutes to Union Square. I get off and then I walk another like four blocks and I'm at school. And when the weather was nice for the short period of time that we had nice weather before I was home, um, I actually would sometimes get on the, it's it's called city bike or bike share. And I could bike home in like about a half hour. It was wonderful. So yeah, I'm actually in a really good location for school because I can, I have many ways I can get there. So how do you like Cardozo so far? And why did you choose to go there? I know you probably wanted to stay in New York, but did you apply to other New York schools? Yeah. So um, when I was applying to law school, I remember one day I was touring the school and I got kind of chatty with someone who was there uh, and she was asking me where I was applying and I was listing just some New York City schools. And she's like, you're not casting a wide net. Like, why are you only applying in New York? You should really like give yourself more options. And I said, "Mm, no, actually I'm not because I want to live in New York. I want to work in New York. Everywhere else is not doing what I want. Like I want to go to law school in New York and be a New York lawyer. So those other options are not actually helping me in any way. Mm -hmm. So um, I obviously like was limited, but I, I found that there were a lot of benefits of that. So why did I choose Cardozo? I have a few reasons, but I think, honestly, I think a lot of people have the same thing. And it's like the feeling you get when you visit. And yeah, you both are shaking your head. So you get it. I feel really, really badly for the current 1Ls and the current, I don't know if you want to call them 0Ls, who have not been able to 
sitting in a class and watch a professor like flaunt around a room talking to you and you're like, okay, I actually, on one hand, I have no idea what you're saying, but I also love what you're saying. This is fun. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I figure out how to understand this at some (laughs) point because I want to be in your class. Um, I got that feeling and I felt like the students there, I really clicked with them and it felt to me like it was a school that prided itself on being scrappy. And I, and I see you both shaking your heads as well. Like I, I, we're scrappy, right? Like we are people who are going to take a situation and like make something new from it. Um, And the funny thing actually about that is um, I actually didn't want to tell schools that I ran an Instagram account. I thought that they're going to see this as all the negative connotations people have with influencer. And I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to write about it. But then I, I decided, you know what, for Cardozo as a little test run, like, I don't know what kind of crazy person I am. That's like A-B testing college admissions <laughs> essays, but... For law school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to write about how to be broke New York. I'm just, this is what it's going to be about. Let's see. So I got accepted. And actually at my admitted students day, the dean went out to find me because she wanted to find who this student was. She told a bunch of students about it. And then at orientation, oh, when I wow. like came back, the dean in the opening address mentioned my account to everyone. Like they were like, we love this. Like it shows that you're going to be a great attorney because you can network, you can problem solve, you can create something new. You're entrepreneurial. You have all of these skills that are going to make you an asset. And I was like, First of all, thank you. I'm never doubting the power of my Instagram again because it is special and it does make me different. But also hats off to this school for noticing that about me and caring and wanting me as a part of your community because of that. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great because I feel like we have very similar, um, you know, school experiences. Like our school has been super supportive because we were scared too. That also, because we talk about law school on the podcast, we we were scared our school would just like be mad at us, you know, for talking about them on, you know, we are, we're real with them, with our listeners too. Um, Okay, good. I was like, can't we? I mean, yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're super real. And, um, our school has told us, you know, they listen and they support us even through when we complain. Um, so it's nice that we both have schools that support this. And I'm sure there's schools that would be like, um, you guys should not talk about this and this and probably (laughs) this. So that's awesome that they're supportive. Yeah. I feel like as like customers also, like we, should be able to talk about these things, but also like we are literally advocates. So I feel like to, you know, like to not have students talk about the issues that are important to them in school, like that, that chilling effect as law students have learned that term so well at this point, Mm -hmm. like, I just feel like it's not really helpful for us. Like we need to know how to like effectively communicate issues so I love that your law school is so supportive. That's awesome. So let's talk more about our law school experience um, before the pandemic and what it's like now. Can you, you know, tell us a little bit about what it's been like to go to law school in a pandemic for you? So pre-pandemic, um, I met all of my friends on the first day of orientation. I met this amazing girl group. We We clicked because we went to this orientation session that was like a how to handle law school when you've been out of school for a few years. And we had this awful girl presenting in front of the class, just was like, law school will be awful. You'll have no friends. You will never sleep and everything will be just torture for you. And 
all of us kind of sat in the back laughing and we're like, we must make sure that is not our experience and we will be there for and with each other through it all. So this pact kind of led us through. Um, and honestly, that has been the one thing that's been consistent through my law school pre and during pandemic has been like this support group is everything. My first semester, I went through some really, really tough personal stuff um, that I was so excited for the next semester to really prove myself. Like I, I like serious trauma my first semester. Um, so I didn't really get to like redo that in person. But I mean, my first semester, I dealt with some like nasty sexism, honestly, like in school, outside of like what was happening in my personal life. And I, I was really upset about that. I felt like there were so many privileged dudes in school that made women feel uncomfortable for like taking up space. Um, and I, it really, really got to me. Um, but honestly, a great thing my first semester also was just like going to therapy. It like really, really helped like handle the stress of law school. Um, and then going remote, um, I've been remote for now about a, a year and almost a month. Um, fully remote. And that transition was hard because New York City, one bedroom apartment, five feet from my boyfriend who also works from home all day. So um, on, in some ways, it's gotten easier. In some ways, it hasn't. Like today, we had like a planter break and all the dirt flew all over the floor while I was in my bankruptcy class and my partner's trying to vacuum it all up. And I'm like, I can't hear anything. And it's like, that would never happen. Like, who cares what happens? If you're in a law school classroom, like the other things just don't matter. Um, so that has been really hard. Just like, and not just him, just like everything that comes from working from home. It's been really isolating. I've, I've worked, uh, I, I work in the New York attorney general's office this whole year and I haven't met a single person. Um, but I recently learned that in terms of like building relationships, um, it actually doesn't matter. Like they will not forget me, which is great. It's even if they haven't like shook my hand before, um, like and they'll like we can still have an impact um, through the work that we do. So that's been great. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like in some ways my school's been supportive, but in other ways they have definitely dropped the ball. Um, our tuition went up this year mm -hmm. um, while going remote. That was really frustrating, especially considering like all the things that we had to buy to make at home life work. Um, and it's just, it's been really hard, but on the other hand, like I, I must admit, like I am definitely learning. And as I mentioned, like my first semester, I was hoping to like do better. And I do feel like despite all of that, like I, I am actually doing better in school. And like I, I, I things are on the upswing. <laughs> That's great. That's what we love to hear. So are you, are you a 2L? Yeah. Okay, great. So we're all 2Ls. What a crazy thing, right? Yeah. So can you share with us a little bit of the type of work you do at the attorney general's office? Yeah, yeah. So um, I actually have just a week and a half left of a full year, which is just crazy. Um, <laughs> but um, I work in their labor bureau. So basically what, so the labor bureau is a part of the social justice division. And um, as a part of this internship, we work on different cases, either like workplace Sometimes it's workplace health and safety, not so much typically, but in terms of this year due to COVID, that's been a big 
part of what we do. We also work on like workers' comp cases, wage and hour claims, everything that you can think of within the labor sphere. And it's been really interesting for me because I've actually worked on a huge high profile litigation case this year um, that is going to just like, it's a huge deal. And the fact that like I got to work on it is just so amazing to like really see my work like mean something. Um, but then also uh, I, I, I've had people complain about different issues and then we investigated and then maybe it becomes something and it's super rare that it does. But I actually did get to be a part of something that like I talk to the person on the first day. And then since then, like months later, I'm still working on it. Um, and that feels really fulfilling to see a problem and learn how to solve it. And, and instant gratification is like not really a thing as a lawyer, as you probably are experiencing, like this takes many, many months. This takes so many steps, so many eyes have to see things. Um, so it's just been a great opportunity. I've received lots of feedback and I've gotten to like, listen in on strategy calls. And that to me has been um, like, I just, I just am so endlessly grateful for the opportunity. It's been so impactful. So what's next? Do you have another internship that you're going to start? Yeah. So um, actually I haven't um, like announced this publicly yet, but here we go. I'm going to tell you first. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm actually working this summer um, in the federal district court of the Southern District of New York for um, Senior Judge Berman. I'm really excited. Yay! So, Heck yeah, yeah girlfriend. That is you. awesome. I'm so proud of you. That's thank you. Really He's an big. amazing judge. <laughs> and you're going to learn so much working for a judge. So basically, you're going to be doing a lot of legal research, huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe one day I will be a judge. So this will train me. Absolutely. Exactly. So yeah. how did how did you go about getting that internship for anyone who is interested in interning for a judge? Um, I don't know if I have like the best um, advice because the application process is like all over the place. And every single judge apparently has a different schedule of how they do it. And I have always wanted to work in the federal courts, but because of how prestigious it is and how complicated the application process was, I kind of like just gave up on it. Not going to lie, like truly gave up on it. But I kind of told everyone I knew this year that if you are an attorney, I'd love to talk to you and get to know you. If you know an attorney, I'd love to talk to the attorney and get to know them. Um, Because I was like, I want to have a really fulfilling experience this summer. And I don't know how to do it from home. Like I'm not meeting anyone. Um, and so my prior boss connected me with someone who was like, oh, actually, um, if you want, I don't know if anything will happen, but I can pass along your resume to this judge I've worked with. And I was like, okay, like I did not expect anything because like, that is not how this process works. But I was like, sure. Yeah. I'll send my resume. Um, but then their office reached out and they were like, yeah, we received your resume and we would actually like to have an interview with you as soon as possible. I was like, what? So um, I went on the interview and it went really well. Um, and the judge and I got along really well. And I just feel really grateful. I'm going to have such interesting work. Like he said, by the end of the summer, I'll have written one of his opinions, which is just really cool. And yeah, I received the paperwork. So it's like actually happening. I am still shocked. But yeah, so again, like this is not like the typical, but actually it might be because I think the biggest takeaway that if anyone hears this right now and is thinking like, what can I do network? 
I am such a firm believer in networking and that so many opportunities, especially in the legal world, are not ones that you apply to. And those that you do apply to, you still have to know someone, which is really hard as a first generation law student that like doesn't know many people in New York. I have really, really had to push myself to find who everyone is that I, I can learn from and, you know, make a connection with them, help them however I can and hope that that will be my legal career is working with these people I've been connected to. Exactly. We definitely preach that here. Networking is so important. And I love that you gave your resume. Someone was willing to help you. I mean, we hear that time and time again. And then you kind of think like, oh, I don't really know if anything's going to come of this cold emailing, cold calling someone, you know, a judge's chambers, let's say, and you think, oh, I don't really think anything's going to come of this. And the next thing you know, you have a summer job. So I am so glad that you shared that story with us. What about whenever you worked for the attorney general? How did you go about getting that job? So my school has in-house clinics and then they have externships, they're called. I don't know if you're... um, Okay. Yeah. So this one is considered an out-of-school clinic externship situation, social justice clinic. And so I went through the interview process for that last summer and I found out the day of my interview that I got it. And I just, so with the judge and with this, I just think it's really, um, I really learned a lesson from this. I really, really wanted to work for a federal judge. That was like what I want to do when I'm in school. And then before law school, I was like, I don't care where I go to school as long as I can work in the, the New York Attorney General's office. Like those were my goals. And I applied to so many things last year that weren't the Attorney General's office for the fall. And I didn't get them. And I was absolutely heartbroken. I was like, why can't, Why doesn't anyone want me? What is going on? What is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And then I applied to the attorney general's office, had my interview, got an offer like an hour later. And it was like, oh, it's because that was what I wanted. And yes. that's what I manifested. And like, that's what I'm supposed to do. And that was the same. <laughs> and that was like with the judge. Like I had applied to so many things this year. Yes. I was so upset about how the economy had looked because of COVID, like, the workforce is really like taking a turn here in New York. I don't know if it's like that for you too, but here's so many places either canceled their summer associate programs or they limited the number of junior associates they're bringing on. And I was just like, oh, so there's no chance for me. And I was like, I mean, I'd love to work for the judge, but who knows if that will happen. And then it just like randomly did. So if you're listening right now, like I really, really believe that you should be very specific with your goals and what you want to manifest and not be upset if you are finding out that settling doesn't work for you. Heck yes. I feel like that was, this, that was a beautiful yeah, saying. Like everything I that everywhere. you just said kind of goes with everything that we've like pers- in our personal lives too have like been talking about because it's so true. Like you have to manifest these things. You have to set intentions and, and not settle and not settle and put yourself out there and get out of your comfort zone. Because, you know, I'm sure um, for me, at least like grades was my main thing for not wanting to apply to certain jobs and I, I was like, why apply if I can't even make the cut? But you can. Yep, you can make the cut. And, and it's all about networking, just like you said. You know, it's so important to network and focus on those connections because that's really all that you need at the end of the day. 
and especially like just like you mentioned in this legal career that we are building is all about networking and going back to what Cardozo said about you, right? That this shows your entrepreneurial skills, your willing to get out of your comfort zone. You're willing to try something new and pivot. And that is just so important as a lawyer. And yeah, girlfriend, you're going to be a great lawyer one day. I can't wait to hear how your summer goes with a federal judge. Like that's huge. I'm so proud of you. And I'm really glad we were able to chat today. Me too. Thank you. All right. I have a few more questions for you. So you have your Instagram platform and your blog. So how do you manage that with law school? Because I know for us, it can get crazy. crazy. Um, so tell us how you manage that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I, it's funny because I, I'm like, wow, you guys are really, really on it. Um, like I, I just, I'm going to just uh, like uncover myself for a moment. These poor ladies that host this amazing podcast had to deal with me three weeks ago thinking it was April 20th. <laughs> like, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm actually not going to be able to make it at this time. Can you, um, can we schedule a little later? And they're like, Julianne, did, did you think, uh, April 2nd was April 20th? Because, uh, it's not. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. So, uh, so how am I handling it? Uh, that is probably like the best example. <laughs> so I, I feel like this semester I, um, have not done everything that I've wanted with my Instagram. And I'm honestly, I'm giving myself so much slack. Like I am like, it's okay. In the past, I would beat myself up over it. Um, and because I'm very much like, you should post consistently. You should engage with your audience, like be on 30 minutes when you post. And I was just like, I'm not going to sacrifice like how I engage with my community. But if I don't have time to do all that, or it's like mentally draining to write up a post, I'm going to do what I can. And for me, that's like, I love to show up on stories. That doesn't feel like work to me. Um, I make a lot of promises that I'm like, I will eventually write about this. And I have like, 300 drafts of important topics that I'm going to share about as soon as I catch a break. Like, right. I'm like, I have this amazing, really great, cheap recipe that I'm going to share um, that I just have to push post. And I'm going to help with all the tips to move to New York City. I have that post ready to go, but I don't have the energy to actually hit post today. And I just like, I, I'm, I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. But I, I, like I said, like I, I cut myself slack, but I also show up in ways that like are unique. So, um, this past summer, right before law school started, um, I was like, I'm going to connect with fellow law students and pre-law students in a way that like, I know I can this summer that I probably can't do during the fall. And I hosted um, a panel with other bloggers who are in law school or are lawyers to talk about how to navigate law school for first-generation students. And we donated half of the money that we raised to cover law school admission fees for Black women. Um, and this was a really, really great event. And it was a really great way to use my platform as a law student. And like I've created like a community of law students who kind of like resonate with 
my messaging of like, you can live a great life on a budget um, and you can apply that in law school and you can care about your community. So, you know, I, I'm not like the typical Instagrammer that you see, like I'm not posting all the time, but on stories, I'll have like really important conversations about how to get involved with your community or how to, you know, what to do right now um, with your finances, like things like that. Um, And I am doing my best and that is enough. (laughs) Absolutely, girlfriend. I mean, you are a law student first and foremost, right? And like you said at the beginning of this episode, that it's our side hustle and it's a creative outlet and it's a place for us to express ourselves. And so I, I totally validate you doing stories because like you said, it doesn't feel like work. You know, you got to focus on what you feel comfortable doing in the influencing aspect. I love your reels. I think you're quite hilarious. So, um, I, I think that too, is just sometimes a way to express yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes like, I don't know, videos, I I was actually kind of scared of videos. And then I realized I'm like, Oh wait, but I love stories. Like, why don't I do this more? So, um, that is definitely like this year I made a goal besides all the other goals that (laughs) I wanted to like really understand how to make good video content. So I actually have a lot of videos and I have made that I want to post. But like I said, there's like some exhaustion that goes along with like pressing submit and well, not submit. That's a law school word. Um, (laughs) Pressing post. (laughs) So 10 years down the line, where do you (laughs) see yourself? We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you are currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's see. So one year from now, I'll have graduated. Whew. Isn't that crazy? Can you get over that? (laughs) Wow. I get like um, nervous sweats when I think about it. So <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. I have next week's my last week of class and I'm not okay. Uh, so yeah, that's weird. And then we're going to be three L's. What? Okay. So in 10 years, I will have 
already for a few years owned an apartment in New York because when I graduate, I'm going to be aggressively putting all of my money into buying an apartment. That is my, my partner and I are like, we're on it. He got a new job last March and is like already aggressively saving. Um, so 10 years from now, I'll have almost paid off my loans, but they are not my priority. That apartment is. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, so 10, okay. So so we got that, some financial things out of the way. Great. Um, maybe, uh, I think, I just don't know, something entrepreneurial. Either I'm going to be working with entrepreneurs or I will have started my own firm. I don't know, something like that. Or maybe I'll be one of the first, like, amazing millennial judges. Heck that yeah. could happen too. That could Absolutely. definitely happen. Um, so we'll see. But I feel like I feel like I could do that. I think you're setting good I manifestations out there, and I'm sure that all of those amazing things are gonna. Ha- I mean, technically, you could do all of them. Absolutely. So, and I can't wait to see that apartment. Right. Me too. I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, it's gonna be so cool to like be like, this is my apartment, my yeah. landlord, but mine. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I'm that's a, something that I always thought about. You know, if I ever moved to New York, like ha- owning that New York City apartment is just like the pinnacle of I've made it as an adult, right? If you were going to live in New York City, that's it. So yeah, yeah, it feels a little like out of reach, um, and I feel like since I'm not making money this summer, I'm like, will I actually be able to do this in five years? But I think you will. setting the goal is like way more than half of it because Absolutely. you can work with someone and like figure out how to, you know, maximize your savings. And I already know how to live below my means. I've done it. Like I prepare, like I saved so much money just to go to law school from my last job, as I, as I mentioned. So I can totally do it and make it happen. Yes. Yes, you can. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Julianne, tell everyone where they can find you. Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at how to be broke in New York. You should follow even if you're not in New York, because first of all, so much fun, so much fun for what it's like living in New York. You'll you'll have a blast yeah. seeing all of that. But also so much of what I share is relatable to wherever you are. And yeah. I really think you'll find it um, useful in your own life. Um, and I am also very new on TikTok. But if you want, you can find me there and laugh along. There's a lot of fun law school jokes there and that is just at broken new york know how to just and no know how to be just <laughs> at broken in new york all spelled out um otherwise you can find me on a bike this spring and summer all around new york city having a blast that's where i'll be not inside yeah. love it <laughs> awesome well thank you wow you guys julianne is so cool i mean I'm jealous also in the fact that she can like ride a bike around New York City and like enjoy her summer because I don't know about any of you guys who live in the South or Texas specifically, but we cannot ride bikes in the summer. We can only sit in the pool because we sweat our butts off. So I'm jealous of that. I'm also super excited the fact that like we made a new friend that lives in New York and we can go visit her. And like Samantha said, make sure that you're following her if you live in New York City because 
she talks about so many different things you can do that are free. And if you like to be outside and go to parks, like I know I do, I would be all over her list of things to do, even if you are a working man or woman, you know? Also, even if you're just looking to visit New York City and you're on a budget, great resource, guys. She seriously has like restaurants, things to do, like seriously everything. So it's very interesting. And I am so excited to go to New York someday and meet her. I know we've been talking about wanting to go to New York, but you know, with COVID and all that, obviously we don't know when that's going to happen, but hopefully soon now that everyone's getting vaccinated and things are looking more positive, you know, maybe we'll get that out there and, uh, run the streets. <laughs> right. Also, I just wanted to share something. So between when we recorded this and when this will air, um, Julianne basically did something really big. Her and her partner became domestic partners. And I saw that and I was like, oh my God, because you know, we're all these young 20 somethings who want to get married, right? And maybe not everybody, but I know that's something I want to do. So it was interesting. Like I was like, oh my God, Samantha, like she basically got married, you know? And someone asked, you know, what's the difference between a marriage and a domestic partnership? And of course, her smart little self gave the best answer, so I had to share. She said it isn't a replacement for marriage, but it allows you to have some benefits like sick leave, insurance, and hospital visitation rights. And she said they realized how important it was after COVID because they lived so far from their families that they were basically each other's family. Like, you know, whenever you put your partner down as your emergency contact, like, what if they couldn't come in there and see you because they weren't technically like your partner or something, you know, I'm every state has different laws. So it's just something to keep in mind, but it's just so cool how she's so open about everything she does in her life and how it all relates back. And she talks about how he was part of the reason that she studied to take the LSAT and like she did, did bad like the first few times, which isn't that like freaking all of us, you know? And he was like, listen, I will make you dinner and I will help you study every single night until you get the grade you want. Like that is so freaking cool. It's like going back to the listener who said, you know, her husband was like, this is what you need to do. You need to do this and have financial independence for you. You know, I just want to harp on the good relationships out there and draw a little attention to that and just, you know, talk about her and how amazingly smart she is and how she pushed through because you can just tell by her talking how intelligent she is but everyone goes through struggles you know and the damn Elsa is such a freaking hard test that it isn't a determination of your intelligence or your IQ so I had to share that with you guys and I hope that you love her as much as we do Yes. So all of her information will be in the show notes. So definitely go follow her, check out her stuff. And yeah, you can follow us on Ladies Who Law School Podcast on Instagram. And we have a Facebook group, which is always very active. I think there's like almost a thousand people in there now, which is crazy. That's so many of you guys. Um, But yeah, overall, that just stay safe and healthy and keep on washing your hands and we will chat soon and get the vaccine yes all right guys talk to you soon bye bye